Today's Plugged In podcast is sponsored by Volvo. Get ready to recharge this summer with Volvo's first pure electric SUV. The XC40 Recharge has no tailpipe emissions, yet delivers more than 400 horsepower and up to 335 kilometers on a single charge. And with integrated Google OS, stay connected on any journey, even without your phone. Enjoy an SUV designed for you and the world we share. Visit volvocars.ca to learn more. Welcome to the latest episode of Plugged In, the post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. Unless you've been living under a Chevy big block for the past decade, you'll know that China is the biggest electric vehicle market in the world, by far. In 2020, more than 1.3 million EVs were sold in that country, and that number is expected to grow by 50% this year. Global EV sales in 2020 were just over 3 million, so China accounted for almost half of those. It only seemed like a matter of time before Canadian consumers could get a taste of what has been, to this point, forbidden EV fruit, a Chinese EV. My guest today hopes to change that by the end of the year. Christian Dubois is president of Imperium Motors Canada, a company that specializes in e-mobility, from scooters to big passenger buses. And if all goes according to plan, the company will be selling an all-electric SUV called the Imperium ET5 in select Canadian markets in a few months' time. Prior to joining Imperium Motors, Christian worked for 12 years with the Delari Group in Vancouver, and before that was Director of Retail Operations for BMW Canada for almost seven years in Toronto. Hello Christian, and thanks for coming on the show. Hello, Andrew, and thanks for having me. So before we get to all this wonderful news about Imperium Motors Canada, I'd like to ask you a question about the first electric vehicle you drove and your impressions at the time. Well, the, the first vehicle I drove was the Panorama, Panor, Panama, Panamera, sorry. Porsche, Porsche Panamera. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's a, a mouthful <laughs> for me this morning. Porsche Panamera e-hybrid, and I loved it. Uh, the limited range, but it was great, but... I then got a, a Jaguar I-Pace, which I also loved. So you are a guy I know with a garage full of combustion engine, I won't say, well, I mean, powerful vehicles of all manner, sports cars, SUVs. What about electric vehicles do you like? Well, you know, I, I like the fact that they're very powerful. Uh, they're noiseless or virtually noiseless. And I like I like doing a bit of, of, a, of a part to keep the environment, uh, you know, healthier. Right. I guess we're all kind of starting to think that way with, uh, well, climate change seems to be upon us. So um, we all have to do our part, I suppose. Yeah, I almost feel guilty driving uh, one of the uh, combustion engine cars now. Let's talk about why we have you on the show today. It's a very interesting endeavor for a guy like you who has a history in traditional automakers, BMW uh, and, and many other kind of big brands. This is Imperium Motors Canada. What can you tell us about it? 
Well, Imperium is a uh, brand that's new to North America. I, I just joined the company uh, three weeks ago as the president for the Canadian subsidiary. And uh, everything we do is electric. So we go from uh, from e-bikes to uh, to the ET5, which is a sport utility, but we also do commercial vehicle, like think panel vans, uh, buses, and larger trucks as well. So you mentioned the ET5. That is the, kind of why what we're talking about today. This is the first passenger vehicle your company plans to bring into Canada. It's an all-electric SUV made in China. So what can you tell us about this vehicle? Well, the, the ET5 is a mid-sized to compact size uh, sport utility. It's a little bit bigger than, say, a Tiguan or a Q5. And uh, yes, it's made in China, but the uh, level of equipment is far above what you would expect in the segment other than, you know, tier one luxury like the Audis. And all this is brought in at a really fantastic price that uh, that actually the vehicle competes on price with internal combustion engines. So after subsidies in, in Canada, uh, in most provinces, the vehicle would be priced like a, like a CRV. So two points that I um, made when you and I met up a few days ago for me to get a get about an hour behind the the, the driver's wheel of the ET5, the, the the quality of the vehicle surprised me. I guess that's a bit of a silly bias maybe Canadians and North Americans have about Chinese built vehicles, but I was very impressed by that. And the price point is is stunning. So immediately, you know, I've been thinking about the potential of this vehicle. And obviously, that's what appeals to you and your company about it also. Yes. I mean, we, we want to offer incredible value and break that barrier where there's a there's a premium to pay for an electric vehicle. Unquestionably, this vehicle does it today. Well, today, in a few months anyway. Um, so and yes, the fit finish and level of equipment is very impressive. And, and if there was ever any doubters that China could produce a, a good vehicle, well, that's gone. So what can you tell us about some of the electric powertrain, the battery size, the charging yeah. capability range, that kind of thing? Okay, well, uh, in a nutshell, the, they'll come with two battery pack. One is 56 kilowatt, uh, and the other one's 72. The range, um, which is the European cycle, so probably it'll come in a little less uh, on the EPA cycle, but uh, you have uh, 401 kilometer on the 56K, and you've got 520 kilometers on the 72K battery. And reminiscent of the e-trons, you have charging ports on both front fenders, right and left. But they're different charging. They're different. Um, the one that, I, that you have is a Chadmo on one side and a regular on the other. So will that be the production model that you sell in Canada? No, the production model will get uh, the CCS uh, standard on both sides. So high, high speed and low speed on both sides, because there's no point in keeping Chadmo uh, with uh, the, the few vehicles that have it now. And, and, and we prefer to be able to charge it on either side with the same standard. Yes, Chatamo is kind of the beta of the uh, the VHS world now, isn't it? It's uh, it was the future, and then it wasn't. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what markets are you targeting in Canada? Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of my friends and, and acquaintances uh, all think that I'm after Tesla, or and it, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, what we're after is is people who have been on the fence and for you know, maybe for budget reason, want an SUV, certainly can't afford the $80,000 for, for a Model Y or 69. 
Um, and uh, we have an answer for that. And uh, the vehicle is slightly larger than, you know, the CRV and, and uh, the Rogue and the RAV4. And uh, in fact, it's got a lot more interior space uh, due to, you know, the very long wheelbase and the way the, the, the passengers sit in the vehicle. So I know listeners are chomping at the bit to know what your cost is, what, what, or not your cost, but what the price is that you'll be uh, advertising this vehicle at. Well, there's two models that uh, are targeted for Canadian uh, market. Uh, there's actually four uh, that are being built for different model, but we'll only bring two. One will be a, a, an entry level, which will still be really nicely equipped with the smaller battery. And that vehicle is uh, meant to be the cheapest uh, EV in Canada. So we're, we're going for 37995 for uh, the Canadian marketplace. And then there'll be a luxury model with leather, and that's the one you drove, 72K battery. And this one is going to be about 43995 Super, super competitive, that's for sure. I just drove the new Bolt, the 2022, and it's making headlines for, for its price reduction, and it starts at just over 39 So uh, I think your vehicle will have a lot of people very interested. What about geographically in Canada, the markets that you're looking at? Well, I think it's going to mirror what uh, the, the the provinces that have had the uh, you know the highest success. Obviously, we're not going to get uh, an enormous amount of vehicle. We're talking probably in the first year like twenty five hundred, um, because we only have one model. Over time, we we're we're going to have probably four models by twenty twenty five, which will include a smaller SUV and that will imply even lower price. Uh, but we're going to concentrate on. Uh, wh- where we can find it that a dealer would be viable. So, in our opinion, that's Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, maybe even Laval, because the, 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 the reality is that uh, Quebec has a very high uh, amount of EVs being sold right now. Uh, probably Quebec City and probably one in uh, Nova Scotia. Yes, obviously, there's, we're starting to see Atlantic uh, provinces starting to bring in some, uh, some rebates also. So uh, one would assume those markets will start to grow. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, you just see it by with Ontario. The, their market is relatively small compared to to Quebec, and yet it's uh, it's a larger province. So I would think that the four, the three to five thousand dollars, depending on the province, will make a, a real impact in uh, in Eastern Canada. Yeah, well, especially at the price of your vehicle, that's that's almost ten percent of the vehicle. So uh, a really nice incentive. Um, what about a dealer network? That's obviously something um, that w- would take a lot of capital to establish. How are, how are you guys going to approach that? Um, you know, I mean, it's it's up in the air. Uh, what we do know is that uh, we're not going to do it all ourselves. Uh, so we are, uh, we will definitely have some dealers. Um, we're taking applications right now. I've got one pretty much for, well, I've got more than one. I've got uh, a few for every region already. Uh, and there's a possibility we may have one sandbox where we, uh, you know, since since we also have the bigger equipment, uh, we may need a, a space. And that would probably be in Vancouver if we did that. And and the servicing of the vehicle, would that be through the similar network or how, what, what are you thinking about for that? Well, you know, we realize that, uh, that people may have a bit of a doubt with the uh, provenance of the vehicle being from China. Uh, and of course, uh, with a very small dealer network of maybe five uh, store, what we are planning on doing, and it's not finalized and it's not guaranteed it'll happen, but we want to join force with a, a national um, aftermarket independent association of, of uh, garages and, uh, you know, 
I don't want to name anybody, but you, you get the idea that yeah. there's a few of those uh, that would be allowed to to perform warranty work and service work. So if you if you bought a car in Toronto and you find yourself in Sarnia, well, you don't have to have your car towed back to Toronto to service it. There is a dealer uh, there that can perform some of the uh, some of the basic functions or function uh, repairs and, and additionally with you know with uh, with the, the the system we have in place we intend to have videos for slightly more complicated uh, repairs that could be uh, sent to uh, to another center that would not have necessarily all the um, the documents certainly doing this this kind of small scale smaller volume vehicle is a challenge in Canada, but the fact it's an electric vehicle makes the servicing aspect probably a little easier to get your arms around simply because it doesn't involve the kind of high scheduled maintenance that you'd get in an, in a combustion engine vehicle. It, it is quite remarkable. We think of them as more complicated and, and, and but they're really not. They're, they're a lot simpler than uh, than an internal combustion vehicle. And for that reason, I mean, sure, if you have a powertrain issue uh, or battery issue, it's probably uh, going to require to be brought to a, to a retailer. But for the rest, it's, it's stuff that can be performed by just about anybody that's got a, you know, the, the, the correct uh, Red Seal license. So I just want to circle back to something you said about, you know, this, the, the ET5 being the first vehicle Imperium is going to bring, or at least the first passenger vehicle like this, and then more to follow. What's interesting, I think, what you told me earlier was that these are not all maybe going to be from the same Chinese brand. So in other words, Imperium is getting vehicles from different manufacturers, different brands in China, and then rebadging them Imperium here. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, we already have two uh, deals, two different companies building vehicles for us, and uh, we're, we're in chat with others. The second vehicle that will appear will be a, an electric pickup that's, uh, that's manufactured by ZX in uh, China. Wow, that's, that's big. That's obviously the burgeoning market on the, on the horizon with the, the Ford F-150 Lightning and, of course, Tesla's Cybertruck. So uh, that would seem to be a very good market for you guys to get into in Canada. Yeah, I mean, without saying too much, it's not going to be as big as an F-150, more like a Tacoma size. And it'll be final assemblies will be maybe even in Canada or maybe in the U.S. So we would be getting uh, batteries and, and drivetrains would be installed here on, on a shell that was shipped from China. Interesting. Wow, you've got a lot of things going on. It's too much. <laughs> the ET5, who manufactures that? Who's the builder of that in China? Uh, it's a very well-known bus company, uh, Skywell, uh, well, second largest bus manufacturer, probably, well, definitely in China, but certainly in Asia as well. And it's their first vehicle. And I tell you, the attention to detail and, and uh, it blows my mind. But the chairman was uh, wanting to enter the, uh, the, the passenger vehicle. And uh, one of their five factories uh, today only builds the ET5. So you mentioned earlier this the, the idea of the service and where people Canadians might not feel you know the, the highest level of comfort with a Chinese built vehicle how how do you guys address that I mean there's obviously going to be skepticism when you when you present this vehicle places I know that one of the big coming out parties for you guys is going to be the LA Auto Show later yes. this year um so so you know that's going to be the number one question people have initially right Yeah you, you know I think that's a barrier that's that's 
going to be removed re relatively quickly. I mean, all our phones are made in China and, you know, whether it's an iPhone or a, well, Samsung's are made in Korea, but there's a lot of Chinese manufacturing uh, facilities in, in China that have very high standard and very high quality. And definitely the ET5 falls in that category. I think that, uh, you know, you'll, just getting behind the seat uh, will be very convincing for most people. And, you know, we're toying with the idea of, a, you know, of a, either an extended test drive or the ability to return the vehicle if you don't like it. Yeah. Some of the other manufacturers are starting to do that, aren't they? Saying a 30-day test period or three-month test period for the vehicle. Just, um, But, I mean, as anybody who's driven an electric vehicle for the first time knows, once you've driven one, you know, it kind of gets in, it gets into your DNA. It's something that, that really kind of, it's, once you go back to a loud engine car, it's kind of, it seems unrefined in a sense. So that's probably yeah. a wise thing to do. And certainly from my experience with getting in the ET5, you know, my skepticism certainly evaporated because it's, uh, as you say, it's well-built and it's well-designed and um, it kind of maybe will be scaring US-based automakers in the in the coming future and the Europeans for that matter too. Yeah, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll be the first to market other than maybe Polestar in terms of a Chinese product. But I, I can tell you that, that there's, it's probably going to grow. And, uh, and I've, I've told friends and, and, you know, hide the badge on the inside and, and let you drive that car. And you'd be pretty hard up to not think that you're in a, you know, a, a tier two luxury vehicle, like, a, like an MDX or an RDX or, or a QX50. That's how good the fit, fit and finishes inside the vehicle. And what I you drove was a pre-production or an early production. So it wasn't even right. meant for retail. I almost think of a commercial campaign for you guys, almost like the Pepsi challenge where you kind of hide, <laughs> hide what they're going to be driving and then, you know, reveal it and show them what it is and capture their yeah. shock and awe. <laughs> true. True. I mean, it, it would be totally possible to cover the badge on the steering wheel and let, uh, let people go on test drives. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's going to be an exciting uh, few months for you. What is, what do you think the timing is of this? As I say, I mean, LA auto shows in November, so you're going to have the vehicle there, but in terms of a Canadian listening to this going, I want to, I want to at least test one of these and then maybe buy one. What's the timing from your end? Well, I don't know if I want to call it optimistically, but we're, we're very close to getting an HTSA approval. Then it's a transport Canada approval. Uh, and then it's a first order. So I, I'm hoping to get uh, some people uh, behind the wheel uh, uh, by December or January. Wow. it's It's been a whirlwind for you if you've just joined the company. I mean, that's a calendar <laughs> calendar year almost for you. Yeah. And, and this is the car only, right? We were talking buses and panel vans, which are, are create so much interest in, in the panel van in particular. So I, you know, I know your your history. You have a long history in the in the uh, dealership world in Canada. Um, what do your colleagues think about what you're doing? I mean, are they kind of scratching their heads and saying, "What's got into Christian? What is what is he uh, up to?" You know, you know. At first, that was I think the thought, and very quickly, I mean, I've been posting stuff, and and you know, people are starting to follow the developments, and now I'm getting, uh, you know, the guys uh, saying, "Hey, when are you going to need?" Uh, a marketing person, when are you going to need this? And, and of course, just by the contacts reaching out to, to secure franchises, I can tell that, uh, you know, there's now, uh, an acute awareness that this, this could work and will work. 
Yeah. Well, you're, you're, a, you're a pretty smart guy, I think. And I can't think why you would have uh, gone there unless you really believed in, in the, the company and the product itself. Well, it, it did take a test drive for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing is believing. Driving is believing. Indeed. Indeed. All right. One last question for you. And we're going to kind of go away from Imperium here. This is more kind of big picture EV thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we often hear about a tipping point for electric vehicles in Canada. I mean, in your mind, are we there now? Are we, what, what is going to signal that we've hit a tipping well, point? You know, I mean, I think there's a couple of things in my mind that, uh, that needs to be part of that tipping point. And I think it's, it's uh, the general population making it on their shopping list. You know, I think there's still uh, a lot of people that it's not even a consideration. But as soon as that moves from maybe the 35, 40%, uh, I'm not saying that they're buying electric car, but they're thinking about it for the next car. When that tipping, when that gets to 80% and, and the pricing uh, makes more sense, whether it's through uh, subvention and you really just are deciding to buy electric versus uh, internal combustion and the pricing is really not the, the big consideration, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to get to 50% uh, sooner than, than we think. Right. And obviously the ET5 is, is going to be in that sweet spot. So if anything, it could be an indicator of uh, how willing people are to be guided by price. Yes, um, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I was at Stanley Park this weekend. I had it parked there with the California plate, and for fear of uh, of getting it uh, damaged, I, I put a little sign saying, "Hey, this car is here on a special permit from Transport Canada. Uh, it's I'm not Californian," and I put a <laughs> code with the brand on it, and I saw at least 15 people take pictures of the Q code. Interesting. You know, I, I did say one last question, but 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 this gave, gave me a thought, especially in the Vancouver market where we do have a, a large Asian community. Is that a target for you? I mean, are there are there people from China and, and other parts of Asia that would know the brand and possibly think, hey, I've seen that there and, um, you know, I want to have a look at this? Or are you more looking at just the kind of Canada wide? No, it's we haven't established a demographic that way. And the brand even in China is relatively new. It, Production started October of last year, so it's. I don't think there's even a general awareness of that product in China. Well, I have a feeling that's going to change in the coming months in Canada. I think so. Thanks for joining us today, Christian. Oh, great pleasure. That's Christian Dubois, president of Imperium Motors Canada. We often speak about the EV revolution in global terms, and clearly the arrival of a Chinese-built electric vehicle in Canada underscores that. In fact, though, there has been a Chinese-built EV available in Canada for a few months now, as the Polestar 2, while designed in Sweden, is built in China. It will be interesting to see the reception the Imperium ET5 gets with Canadian consumers. But with that price point, interest will be high, I'm sure. To check out some video and images of the ET5, visit imperiummotorcompany.com. That's it for this episode. Much thanks to my guest, Christian Dubois, producer extraordinaire Darm McWana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. We always welcome your comments and criticisms via email at pluggedin at postmedia.com. For your dose of all things automotive, be sure to check out driving.ca where you'll find the best in breaking news, videos, and reviews. 
Check out the site's comparison tool for head-to-head shopping and sign up for the Blind Spot newsletter, delivered to your inbox every Saturday morning and featuring a roundup of the past week's most important and most entertaining automotive news. And finally, be sure to subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode, and you'll also be able to listen to all the episodes from seasons 1, 2, and 3.